0: Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna-Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. Welcome back to the Skin Philosophy Edit. I am here with Mary Jane and we were talking about all things on beauty and aesthetics at the moment. Mary Jane's a writer for the Cork Independent and for the High Lifestyle um, in Ireland. So it's all about, you know, lifestyles, tips and tricks that Mary writes for. So hi, how are you? Hi, how are you, Anna-Louise? Good, good, good. So We get started with like telling me a bit about yourself so how long ago did you get into this industry where did you start off start off with
1: so the beauty industry I've been in for about 14 years and so I am now 44 so I was kind of a late starter in the sense of I went kind of when I finished college I did marketing and business studies in college and I took the business route if that makes sense so I went down the kind of more corporate route and working I I worked for one or two multinationals then I worked for one or two smaller companies but I always kind of had this really kind of gnawing passion um, that I loved beauty Um, but I never kind of really thought it was a serious um, that it would be something that I could put my skills to if that makes sense Um, like I, I never thought that I could make like a really serious career out of it. Um, because I wouldn't I was very into skin but I wouldn't have been into the other side of it I wouldn't have been into the waxing and the massage and that element of yeah. it Um, so I couldn't have seen myself going into being a beauty therapist full-time if that makes sense
0: yeah
1: so that's kind of um how I started and and I just made a decision one day um I really really hated my job and I used to I used to be on social media saying god I'm in the bon- bunker and that's kind of how I felt I was in an office and it was just uh, not really just very me because I'd done a lot of re- work in retail so I decided I was gonna take a leap and go back into retail and uh, I decided to do that via um, via Brown thomas so I went in as an account manager for a big skincare brand in there and um, absolutely loved it and the, one of the be- highlights of my career I would say was my five years um, working there, and while I was working there, um, I used to put a lot of things up on my personal Facebook, like about um, products and stuff that I would use. And not always; they weren't all. It wasn't always Shiseido, which was the brand I worked with. It was um, just things that I found along the way, and other brands around Thomas that I maybe hadn't heard of before I started there, or that, that I wouldn't have been as familiar with. Things like Sizzly Paris and those kind of ones, and um, the more niche brands. So my friend said to me, you know, I'm sick of seeing that. Would you not ever set up a Facebook page for your beauty stuff? And I was like, God, I don't know. Like, So anyway, I did. And then I used to write these big, long posts. And I'd be a very expressive person. I loved English. I loved essay writing in school and stuff like that. So um, then the editor of the local newspaper was in with me one day. In I was doing her makeup for an event. She was going to, like, one of the Network Ireland events and... She just said to me, would you like to maybe write a piece? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, because my Facebook posts were reams and reams long. And I remember at one stage, somebody on Twitter saying to me, would you ever just set up an actual blog? Because the posts are too long to read. So um, I have, I had a lot to say, obviously, about skincare and, and beauty at the time. So um, I did that. And then I started writing with Cork Independent. And I'm there actually 10 years um, this month. Okay. So I'm writing beauty for 10 years and then everything kind of evolved from there. So I went where I was working in a hair salon then for a while as a hair salon manager. And then I was managing an aesthetic clinic. Um, And obviously I have a certain amount of beauty background, but um, like obviously I wasn't doing injectables or anything or, or we didn't have a laser machine. We had things like microderm and stuff that this was going back a good while ago now. And um, so... I continued doing the writing and then the the kind of opportunity with High Style came up and I'd written p- bits and pieces um for the brand before and when I joined we were really really busy with um style awards and one of the things that we noticed was that there was a massive hunger among the hair and beauty industry for like an award ceremony but like a kind of glitzy award ceremony you know so um about four five years ago we decided to do the hair and beauty awards and that's kind of how that happened and it's just everything has really really evolved from a beauty perspective um, there but when i started writing beauty 10 years ago and um, it was all makeup. yeah it was completely like, that's different. all anyone had an appetite yeah for. it was so strange and i was always so skin focused yeah. because i'd worked with big brands, and I'd worked like, and I was trained with skin suticals as well when I worked in the clinic, and um, and I was doing kind of peels and things like that. So I was really there was no there was not there wasn't as much of an appetite for skincare as there is. Yeah. Now which is brilliant
0: yeah definitely Um, during lockdown that changed it because what did they say they said like something like 20% of um 20% of sales of skincare went up during uh, during lockdown so it definitely changed into that kind of people caring because they weren't wearing makeup so then they looked at their skin a bit more on zooms like this and they went actually and I should actually fix my skin what's underneath it rather than just covering it with makeup
1: and I think as well um like the kind of birth of the influencer um which i I would not consider myself really to be an influencer in the sense of like my following is, is is small it's engaged but it's quite small and it's a byproduct of I suppose my day job but I think with the with the advent of influencers as well like the makeup thing was such a big thing because it was so visual and Instagram is so visual and I don't think skincare is necessarily as visual unless you go into before and afters or you're prepared to admit the aesthetic work that you have done and which not everyone kind of wants to and that's their that's their own thing but i think with with makeup that the payoff was instant but then as you said when lockdown hit people were realizing well hang on a second now i'm looking at myself on a screen all of the time i'm focused on on myself all of the time and you know they were talking a lot about this kind of tech neck thing, which which became a massive thing during lockdown. People were realising, oh my God, I have been looking after my neck um, or I'm spending all this time on a computer or a, an iPad or a phone. And of course, as well, people were spending a little bit more time outdoors. The weather was quite good and people were noticing that they were getting pigmentation and things like that. So um, the, the, the lockdown definitely changed it. But I think, you know, having worked in skincare, my for for the majority of of what I did in my career um, I always kind of found that um people would be like um looking for the quick fix you know and they they'd want um something that would cover it and uh, and I used to always say to them, well look why don't you try and fix the problem like it'll take longer but it's more rewarding you know so um then my articles I suppose are kind of um there's a lot of pictures and products and stuff like that but then I do a lot of um, talking on my own Instagram, just about my own skin journey. I mean, I have rosacea, I have psoriasis. Um, so I have two pretty, and, and my psoriasis is pretty um, chronic in, in parts. Like I have probably about 80% coverage in my okay. skin. Um, and so I'm ver- I, I've am i always been really passionate about skincare. Um, and I, It's from like when I was a child being in birth house with my mom and seeing the creams and stuff that she used to buy and all that. So yeah, that's where where my passion has always been. Yeah. Skin. So I feel like yeah, and the rest of the world is catching. Yeah, up.
0: <laughs> no, that's true because I, I definitely think there's there is that kind of I was trained um, with the first skincare brand I worked to it was Dermalogica and that was years ago and I always had a passion for skin but now it's just way bigger um, the whole industry and everything. So if if you were having Um, looking back and seeing the way the industry has changed, because right now people are talking about, you know, recession and stuff like that. And, you know, before there was the lipstick effect, how are you finding, like, what are the trends that are huge at the moment that people are going for? I
1: think like the aesthetics industry has taken off in a massive way. Um, And having worked in a clinic myself, and like, obviously, I wasn't doing the injectable treatments, but we always said to people, like, your injectables are 20% of what your face yes. is. The other 80% is what you do every single day. And obviously, there's a massive amount to do with laser yeah. and, you know, radio frequency and all that, all that element and micro needling and all that sort of stuff. So I think where we saw a massive trend with people kind of using at home microneedling kits and stuff like that, a lot of people... You Know, I, I think people shouldn't try things at home like that yeah. unless they're, unless they have a, a a bit of knowledge and unless they're going to be really, really
0: careful. Um, yeah, no, that I think yeah, the home device, the, the I,
1: yeah, so I think like and all the microblading and all that kind of stuff at home, or not the microblading, but German, the German yeah. at home and stuff yeah. like that. Um, And I've seen people do some absolute butcher jobs and people that are, you know, that that were quite skilled, you know, that would be quite would know like a lot about skin or whatever. So, yes, there was all that trend. So I think people are moving away from those trends now and they're maybe investing. So the, the lipstick effect is kind of like in skincare. I think it's kind of people are like, right, I can afford to do this one thing every you know, six months or you know, I can afford to do this one thing every three months, or I can afford to do a facial. And that's kind of what they're saving for. Like I remember when I was working in the clinic, we had women that used to come in and pay for their Botox and tenors. Yeah. They'd take a tenor out of their shopping money every week. And then they'd have their, you know, 250 or whatever for their Botox. So I think the lipstick effect for, for women now is probably I think maybe Botox. I think it's it's one of the things that people are investing in. And I think people are becoming a little bit more open about it yeah. now. Um, I, I do think that people still have to realise that you have to look at the tone and texture of your skin with what you're using. every yeah, day.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. The healthiness of your skin is how you maintain, you know, Botox will be will be. It's great. I love it. But it's only a percentage of that that you have to really look after it. Um, So when are the High Life Awards? so the hair beauty awards are on the
1: 16th of april and they're in we have them in cork which everyone loves because it means that all the girls from dublin and guys from dublin get to come down to cork for a night it's on a sunday night because usually the salons and the industry is kind of closed on a monday and if they're not they can usually kind of manage it so that their teams can come we just found that saturday was a big ask to, to ask people to take a day out of their business to travel to Cork and we've loads of people obviously that travel from um, you know Kerry and Waterford we have a lot of Dublin salons taking part this year as well and um, which is great and it's great to see and there's a big appetite for people on the judging panel there's myself there's Michael who's the owner of High Style and then there's Mary O'Donnell who's a beauty expert and Sean Taff who is the god of hair I mean everybody just like he's incredible he's an incredible guy yeah and he's a phenomenal hairdresser and mary is just um a woman who has been in the beauty industry and has worked in her own salon and has owned her own salon so she knows that industry absolutely inside yeah
0: it.
1: so there's no so there's a good strong judging panel and we're looking forward to it because do you know something it kind of first of all our nights are like incredible and i know it's easy for me to say that i'm on the or i'm behind the scenes but you know we ha- we have a drinks reception there's wine there's a three course meal people get really really dressed up it's not black tie it's kind of as stylish as you like our theme this year is gilded glamour so i'm expecting to see lots of sequins and stuff like that and um, and it really is a gala night and it like it starts at 6 30 and usually ends about 3 30 now obviously the awards part is in the middle of the night um so all the awards are given out by by kind of 11 ish um and then it's just people decide to
0: have a few drinks
1: and a, a, and a bit of a party and they get to celebrate because yeah. there's a band and a detail yeah. so it's nearly like a wedding but
0: more fun <laughs> <laughs> and what categories are up um so what what are you judging for? so so we're looking
1: what we look so we have three different um sections so we have hair beauty and aesthetics so the aesthetics then includes things like advanced skin which would be laser um because i think a lot of the time um people don't realize like how important it is if you're going to a skin clinic that they have really great equipment and that they they're really trained and that they're dedicated one of the questions in our supporting evidence document is about upskilling for staff Mm. because that's so important for people it's really important that you know that when you're going in so like that's why we have the advanced section so you have obviously your um salons that do the the facials but then obviously laser and you know micro needling and, and although all, all that sort of thing is is slightly more specialized so that's kind of how it is and so we have it um into sectors so we have it in munster leinster ulster and Connacht. that's kind of how we how we base it right. so it's it's i mean we have got such an amazing like the tickets are actually nearly sold out already which is brilliant um and there, there's a big focus kind of on on using the the night to market your business as well, you know, the, the even being nominated, I mean, if people people are putting it, they're finding that they're getting great interest and it's a great talking point with customers and things like that, you know, it's a good way to market your business
0: as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the awards that I actually know some people that are up for them and everything like that. So that's good. There they'll be interesting for it. So if you if someone was Because I know with you at the moment, you're doing, you know, your Cork independent, you're writing for them and then you have your social media. So would you have any tips or tricks to grow, help grow your social media platform? Because, you know, it might not be huge, but it's very engaged. It's your definite followers that are following you that are very engaged with it.
1: Yeah. Well, what I would say to people, and I say this to to salons all the time because they would ask me this question, like, the the amount of followers that's a vanity metric right, right. so if you have 700 followers or you've 7000 or you've 70000 that's great but it's kind of a vanity metric in a way because it's just are they engaged you know are they interested are they are they buying are they messaging you telling you that they're buying what you recommended that's that's for me the important thing um so growing your following i suppose is kind of being consistent and also like solving problems for people helping people Mm. like there's no point I I don't think there's any point in having a social media platform unless you want to kind of help people if that makes sense unless it's unless you're selling things that's it that's a different thing but say for what I do I want to help yeah so I would have people all over the world and that's the one thing about social media is that it gives you access to people all over the world Um. And I've helped people in like in France and whatever, and I've given them the names of products that I think that they should use and stuff like that. So and I think the other thing is just to be authentic as well. And like. I find it sometimes like I understand that people need to make money from their social media because for some people, it's their main source of income. But I do find the constant ads and it's this thing and that thing and whatever. I think sometimes it, it dilutes the authenticity of what you're trying to say because if I'm telling you that a Dermalogica cleanser is the best cleanser and then next week I'm saying that a Nivea cleanser is the best cleanser and the following week so you know you've got it you've got a like for me I've never changed my views on what I do with my skincare so I do I call it the holy trinity of skincare I do a vitamin C an SPF and a retinol they're the three stables that I use Mm -hmm. right don't always use the same brand but like, I think it's and for me, that's my message being I'm going about this now a very long way of telling the story. But for me, that's my co- consistency in my posting is that I always say to people, you really need if you're going to buy three good products. If your budget allows you to buy three good products, this is what it is. So it's, it's not necessarily always the same vitamin C. I, I can't always afford to buy the SkinCeuticals one or, you know. Or sometimes my skin might need a kind of a lower grade retinol and I might need to go with a mask as opposed to a thing. But I think it's keeping your your message consistent yeah. is really, really important because people, like if people think you're only codding them, they'll, they'll run away. And it's the same thing if you're a salon and, you know, you're saying, you know, you need a Brazilian blow dry this week. But next week, then you're saying extensions are the way to go. And then the following week, you're saying don't get extensions, they damage your hair you have to keep your message consistent you know and i think sometimes that's where where people kind of jump on bandwagons of trends you know where they they see trends and it's like every like you know the that skin slugging thing i my nerves were bad because of it i was like i couldn't you know i was i was thinking like i can't see how this is going to work yeah prop you know how this is this is like a fad and it it was a fad because it's kind of gone again yeah skin cycling is something that i think people always did so um if there just wasn't a a term there wasn't terminology for it so like keeping consistent i think is the most important thing and and also like engaging with people and offering to help people out as well that are you know maybe on 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 a different level or you know like you know and and get yourself out there as much as you can if someone asks you to go on
0: radio or if somebody asks you to go on a podcast do it you know do it Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And so if someone wanted to get into writing articles for magazines or papers or anything like that, how would you think that's the best way to approach it? Contact an editor, write up some articles, send them in. What do you think? What's the best way?
1: Yeah, well, I think I think one of the one of the ways of doing it is to self-publish. So to have a blog, yeah. which would have been now. Blogs are now websites, right? So I have a website now. It doesn't get as much love because I'm quite busy. But I would say that's probably one of the best ways to do. Um, and, you know, the other thing is as well, is that if it's going to be in print and if you're if you're writing for somebody else, um, you have a kind of a responsibility to them that everything is correct and everything is accurate. So, like, writing for someone else is completely different to self-publishing, but I would self-publish first, yeah. which is what I did. Um, and, you know make sure that it's it's you know you can make your point a difference but obviously like it needs to be grammatically correct and spell checked and all that kind of stuff that's really important as well for a long standing relationship because as somebody who has to edit other people's work sometimes you can be like oh god you know this is really hard so unless you have a real grow for it it's not something that that it's not something that comes easy it's not something you can force yeah.
0: you know and um, yeah because there are a few people like that I do know that are into that like writing up you know huge captions on their Instagram and all of this kind of stuff and it's like how you correlate how you put it together and then it's just basically yeah. getting in touch with places because I do know from say even the aesthetic magazines or anything like that they're always looking for editorial pieces you know and it's a great way to build your brand and great way to build you as a person just writing up everything make sure it's 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 a hundred percent accurate fill out all the details and um you know and then send it into places and it, it will get picked up on